Hello, good night, and welcome back to another episode of Panda Radio. I'm your favorite program assistant, Miss Winter. And I'm your favorite wingman, Jaheem. Yes, yes, it is still Melanin March. Jaheem keeps pulling me up on that. So it's still <laughs> Melanin March, and it is still Virgin Islands History Month. Jaheem, do you have a fact for us today? Uh, guys, I know you love my facts, but I have two facts for you. Okay, go ahead. A VH fact is red grout, what is it's pronounced rod grout. <laughs> a tropical twist on the Danish berry pudding called rod grout. Red grout combines topicaya pearls with guava, cinnamon, nutmeg, maize, vanilla, and cream for a sweet and refreshing dessert. This treat is traditionally served on March 31st on Transfer Day and commemoration commemoration of the island transfer from the from Denmark to the United States. That's one fact. Have you ever now, had our next fact? Nope. I don't like tapioca, so I don't think I would ever try red grout. Our next VA is there's an underwater national park off the coast of Saint John. The underwater trail is in Trunk Bay, Saint John. It's considered one of the best places to snorkel in the Caribbean, and is marked with underwater signs. All the levels of swim, all levels of swimmers can snorkel here, making it perfect for the entire family. It is also listed as one of the top five best underwater national parks out of 61 for the USA. You hear that, guys? And a whole water park, like, what is going on here? Cool. Get close to Rick. Wish we had one. I can't even swim. So I won't. I wouldn't even. It, it doesn't bother me none. <laughs> I it, it bothers swim. me because we need stuff. We need different stuff here. We do. We do. We do. We, do, we, we um, need something. I like. I was saying. I don't eat red grout, and. Just in that, oh yeah, big up to uh, Anonymous West Girl. She provides all of our VI history facts, unbeknownst to her, before all of the um, the episodes. I go on her page and I scope out what her VI fact of the day is, and I steal it. So West Girl, thank you so much for you know giving us the facts, the VI facts. Um. And then, in the essence of Red Grout celebrating Transfer Day, I saw a conversation today on Facebook about why do we as Virgin Islanders celebrate Transfer Day. So, essentially, what they were saying is we're celebrating the transfer from one um, colonist colonizer to our next. So, we were colonized by the Danish, now we're colonized from 
by the um, United States, whereas other um, countries, they celebrate independence. So I found that um, conversation to be, you know, kind of interesting, you know, because, you know. When you say other countries, because I know Trinidad and Tobago celebrate Independence Day. Uh, They call it Independence Day. Um, Dominica, or Santo Domingo, they celebrate Independence Day also. And then they have a Florida holiday called Independence Day. All the countries celebrate their independence from their colonizers, whereas we are still, you know, United States rule. So I found it interesting that a lot of people have that outlook, like, we are celebrating just being bought by another colonizer. Uh, Jaheem, you were telling me earlier this week that this is only your second week back at um, Complex. Yep. How has that been? Let the people know. Update them. Guys, I'm on live. Oh my god. It is stressful. Because, I mean, it's good, but it's stressful because, like, you have to keep being on it to just to put in your grade. Mm-hmm. So, like, being that I just, like, come back to complete, I have no grades. All my grades that I came from alternative with, well, Safe and Healthy Student Program, is what my math teacher is using to give me some grades. My other teachers is not putting in no grades, so, you know. You have to be on them back to back to back to put in your grades. You know? So how are your grades looking? My grades are not looking lovely. Oof. I have a 91 in math. And then English. I don't know what's going on with English. She hasn't put in no grades. Art and woodworking ain't putting in no grades, Nina. I know you were kind of like worried about art. Um, because you know, not everybody's yeah. an artist. How how are you liking it? How is it working? I'm out looking for it you? good because my art teacher, he's like, he's good. Like he he don't go, he don't give you any drawing. He like sometimes he give you drawing on yourself. Like right now we're doing our self portrait on ourselves, and we have to put Virgin Island stuff coming out of our head or the side of our faces. That's why I love it. But my self-portrait ain't finished yet. Um, I still gotta color it in and make it look presentable. So what um, what are you um what are you have what thoughts are you having flying out of your head in your picture? In my picture I have I have my drawers, I have this the VI sign. And I also have um, sticks for Steve Pan because everybody knows I did Steve Pan. Yeah. So that's my three things I have coming out of my head. I'm going to put more stuff. But yeah. That's good. I'm glad that you're you're liking um, being back and virtual is working out for you. Um, I. I know a lot of people ha- are having issues with virtual learning, but I'm glad to see that you're pr- pushing through and making it work for you. Also, I want to take a brief moment to big up and shout out Mr. Kai Nielsen. 
he has taken on the mentor role for some of our students to have to to get hands-on work experience in agri-science. So shout out to Kai Nielsen, who is a member of Rotary Club West, for helping our students um, learn, have hands-on learning. Oh, there we have. Guess what? Guess Ooh, what? Jeremy? Guys, guys. Uh-huh. Ring, ring, ring! Somebody just ring. entered into the we best. We have a, spe- a special guest for you guys tonight. Yeah, somebody just. Entered. I can't give you a little. I can't give you a little intro, but I'm gonna hand it over to Miss Winter to give you that intro. Miss Winter, back to you. Okay, so tonight, y'all, we have Miss Makeda Okolo in our studios. Well, not really in our studios, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Let me tell y'all about this lovely lady. So, Raymond from St. Croix, Virgin Islands, Makeda has always been inspired by the power of community and the beauty of the marine environment. These passions have informed both her professional and personal interests. By day, Makeda serves as Southeast and Caribbean regional lead for the Office of for the Office for Coastal Management with National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. She is passionate about building resilience in coastal communities, empowering natural resource managers, and advocating for environmental justice and greater diversity and equity in STEM. When not at work, she is a dedicated member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Insert noise here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know how this song goes. <laughs> I was going to say it, but I don't, don't know. Don't disrespect those ladies. Joining yeah, do <laughs> a woman across the globe in service and sisterhood with a particular focus on connection and social action and global impact. She has founded two virtual communities, Pretty Fab Kids and Care Consultant. These platforms are where she focuses on all things mommy as well as business and personal accountability coaching. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I love the welcome and introduction. Hi, everybody. How are y'all doing? We are good. How are you? We're good. It sounds like a whole party up in here. We we should, we should have done this much earlier. This sounds like a happy hour. <laughs> I mean, because we all about we all about the encouraging and empowerment and everything. We're very hyped, but we could be classy when we're ready. I love it. No, hey, listen, hype and classy. We need it. 2020, 2021 <laughs> has been a year. We can't afford for anything to be super dull and pop down. We need all the right. energy right about now. Right about now. Here we are. <laughs> Yes, Makeda, that was such, that, that bio is beautiful. Thank you. Question. I love it. I feel like I'm well-educated <laughs> now. <laughs> right? <laughs> that messed this up. Okay. I was like, let me just talk yeah, this like, get us together. And I was like, what questions am I going to ask her? So the first question that I have for you is, what exactly do you do? Okay, that's a really good question. I know it's kind of confusing, right? Southeast and Caribbean regional lead. What does that actually mean, right? So to explain what I do, I think it's first important to understand where I work. And so um, NOAA is the, National Oce- is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. It's a long title, but basically we are a federal agency 
that focuses on science. And when we say science, we mean more specifically studying everything from the depths of the ocean all the way to the atmosphere. So most people know about NOAA because when you check your phone to see what the weather is going to be, or you know we have hurricane season coming up, you want to know what the hurricane outlook is going to be, you often go to NOAA for that. So people know us because we have the National Weather Service. But there's a number of other parts of NOAA, and the one that I work for is the National Ocean Service. And more specifically, I focus on coastal zone areas, coastal zone management. And so we kind of divide ourselves by regions so that we are working in communities, hearing from communities about what resources they need to manage their coastal zone um, resources and um, making sure that we are doing the very best that we can to serve them. So my region um, starts at North Carolina, includes South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Puerto Rico and the VI, which I, you know, I'm so happy and in love about. Um, and basically on a day-to-day -day basis, I work to make sure that as a federal agency, we're doing all that we can to serve the communities that I just mentioned. That is a lot. So you guys heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay. So oh, Noah, Noah, Noah is all about weather and preserving the ocean to the earth. Yep. So you see, you know when when the hurricane coming, you know where you can find out. You see, Noah. The information. Yes. The information, I I was doing a little. Yeah. I was doing a little research today. I was on a website, and I was like, "Oh, this is what you know they do." So literally, they are telling you. I I was reading twenty four twenty one, the twenty twenty one um weather winter season weather and i was like what how do they how can they um predict this so early in you know hey i it's science so speaking of science why stem why is stem so close to your heart i think you know for a number of reasons um you know growing up i spent a lot of time with my aunt who who was an environmental science teacher and so if I wasn't doing a roadside cleanup or a beach cleanup, I was helping to um, plant mangroves. And so I was really aware of, you know, the responsibility that we have to take care of our oceans from a very young age. And I think another important thing about STEM is when you think about science, technology, engineering, and math, these are the foundational fields that are going to power us into the future. Right. Mm -hmm. And an important part of that is making sure that those at the table that are driving this innovation, that are putting their thoughts and minds and energy into it, actually reflect the people of the country and not just the majority, but all parts of the country. And so for me, it's really important that we do everything that we can to ensure that people of color, people from small island communities like the ones that we are from, are at the table, are engaged, and have a voice, right? Because if we want solutions that are true and make sense for us, we have to be there at the table at the time the decision is, is being made. And so that's why STEM, I think, is, is just so important to me. Um, and I want it to be important for as many other people as possible. You know, the other thing about it is that there's such power and potential in STEM. And I feel as though sometimes we're leaving things on the table when we are not pursuing those fields. And sometimes it can be hard, 
but mm-hmm. I feel as though, you know, if we can do it, just do more to encourage people to show them that somebody who went to the same school or has a similar background did it, then maybe they can have that um, sense of confidence to know that they can do it too. You are just leading me into my question. So my <laughs> next question was actually, how do you, inc- I know, you know, when, when I was younger, we had the STEM summer camp at UBI and stuff like that. And things have I think they still have it. Okay, see? But things have changed. You know, Gen Z is a lot different from millennials. So how would you um, encourage um, a Gen Zer to be up, be interested in STEM programs? How, what does that look like for you? So I think if we want to encourage young people to get into STEM, I think there's a few things we have to do, right? We have to think about what motivates the Gen Zers, as you call them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's a few things that we could use to encourage people. Um, One, talk about the money, right? Like there, there is money in STEM. Um, There is a way to to make a very comfortable life off of a career in STEM. And I think that's something that people need to know. And maybe that is something that could encourage them. I'm not saying money is 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 the end all be all, but at the end of the day, we have to take care of our families and we have to be able to do the things that we want to, right? So that's one thing. The other is I think we have to start teaching our children to be producers and not just consumers, right? Mm-hmm. So they are really, really great at you know, playing these games like Roblox and Minecraft and mm-hmm. navigating social media to like create entire worlds, right? And entire communities. We have to try to change the mindset a little bit to say, okay, how can you not just use this? How can somebody not just make money off of you? But how do you make money off of it? How do you put your spin on it? How do you make it better for you and your friends? Or when they actually do create something that's new or, you know, a different approach, how do we market it so that somebody could be paying you at the end of the day, right? So I think those are the conversations that we need to be having Um, and really helping young people to see themselves as having the power that's necessary to get from point A to point B and to really like catapult them into their potential future. So do you think that um, the Virgin Islands is doing a good job at that? You know, that's a hard question. I think there is always more that we can do. What I will say though, is when I look at a lot of the peers that I had from going to Purby Lawson, going to Elena and going to Complex, you know, they are doing so well, right? So on one hand, I have tremendous pride and respect for the talent that the Virgin Islands produces. And I feel like there should be a study on it, right? Because given how small we are, given our small population size, the amount of PhDs that we have, the amount of engineers that we have, the amount of STEM professionals that we have, the amount of entrepreneurs that we have, And if, you know, some people talk about STEAM, which includes the arts, you know, Mm -hmm. you know that we have people that are amazing, right? And so I think we have done a great job in preparing some people for the STEM workforce. I think what we need to do is make sure that we're preparing all of our children for the STEM workforce. So it's not just the magnet students, it's not just the honor students, but we make sure that we think about it as something being potential for every single Virgin Islands student, no, no matter what program or school they're in. Right. Wow. You don't, 
<laughs> you just leave me as my next statement because most likely in Barra Nation, they look at the magnet students and they look at the AP student. That's Ali Aizan and the National Honor Society student. They may look at some like students that's not in regular classes, but a most pride and joy would be all honor students, all magnet students to build them in the STEM program. I am a Gen Z, so I really, I like math more than I like science, because science ain't for me. I can tell you like that. Science ain't for me, English ain't for me. I'm more of a math student. So I learn, like when I do stuff, I figure out like my, the math stuff of the situation before I figure out the science stuff. Everybody that says science and math go hand in hand. For me, I don't care about the science. I just care about it. Math. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's that's true for a lot of people. I mean, I feel like I was the opposite. I really loved the science. I didn't, I, I didn't, as you know, I wasn't into the math as much. Um, but I think that's something that we have to dispel about the STEM enterprise as well, right? is that you don't have to be an expert in everything to be a STEM professional, right? And to the other hand, it's also possible that you may not really love math and science, and that's okay. But there are other fields in the STEM ecosystem, if you will, that are still critical to operating, right? How good is STEM if you don't have communications people to help talk about it and actually translate scientific speak into plain everyday language that everybody can understand, right? If we don't have IT professionals, if we don't have accountants, if we don't have business managers and facilities people, right? So the way that I like to talk about STEM is not just about the scientists at the bench, but everybody who needs to be on deck to make the machine run. I love that. I did because every time I hear STEM, I think about the scientists and the mathematicians and the engineers. So thinking deeper into how how everyone makes the wheel turn is actually good. That's a better way to sell STEM. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the more people would be interested in it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I totally agree with you. When when you were going to college was um this your 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 end goal to be to work for Noah or what what did you always see yourself becoming? Oh, that's a hard one because I really there was a point in time in high school where whatever was on TV was what I wanted to do. If I was watching something medicine related, I wanted to be a doctor. If I was watching something on Lifetime. I might have wanted to be a detective. Uh, <laughs> people who know me know I'm always making an argument. So law was definitely on my list as well. Um, but always though, I think once it came down to my junior and senior year, I knew that I wanted to do something that focused on the environment, something that focused on policy and allowed me to bridge the two together. So initially I thought that would be environmental law. Um, but then quickly realized that wasn't the direction I wanted to go. Um, and so I've, I've settled in on really focusing on the policy. I wanted to be that pivot point or that connecting place where science and people meet, right? Because like the point I just made, what good is science if people don't understand it? If it resonate with people, if, if you cannot help them to understand how it fits into their everyday life. 
Um, and so I, one of the things that, that I did do was internships. And so I started off with an internship um, on the Hill with uh, former Congresswoman Donna Christensen, the summer between my freshman and sophomore year in undergrad. And I worked there for 11 years. I kind of joke that I grew up on the Hill, but it's entirely, <laughs> I grew up on the Hill. Um, but what that afforded me was to be at the table when real life discussions about the environment were being happened, were, were actually happening, right? And so that's how I knew that it was definitely a place for me to be. And I had always heard about NOAA, um, just, you know, throughout the course of doing my studies and also them coming to the Hill to, to talk about various issues and us reaching out to them to talk about, you know, coral issues or fishery issues or coastal zone issues. And so when um, my former boss decided to run for governor and I started searching, like it just worked out so perfectly that I was able to seamlessly transition from, from the Hill over to NOAA. Um, my last question about your day job <laughs> is, are there any summer programs or any internships or anything that uh, students from the Virgin Islands can um, look up and you know take part in take part in. yeah for sure so the first thing I would say is to um, get get familiar with the NOAA website um, you know just go into our search option and type in fellowships type in internships there are a number of them that are available on an annual basis um, you know any of those that are my friends on Facebook know whenever I see a good opportunity I am always posting it and trying to encourage people to share because my ultimate goal is for another Virgin Islander to take my seat eventually. That's what I would love. That would make me happy is ensure that there is always someone from the Virgin Islands engaged in these federal conversations about um, coastal zone management. So, you know, if you follow me on Facebook or if you are on Facebook, most of the posts I make about um, internships and fellowships and jobs, I try to make them public. Um, but also, like I said, just go to our website. Um, you know, just the other day, a friend of mine shared an internship opportunity that's going to be with the White House, right? And because we're in COVID, it's going to be a virtual internship, which may not sound as fun as actually being there in person. But you know what? It means that you can be in the VI, take advantage of this internship, meet amazing people, and who knows what that could do for your career going forward. Um, so those are the things I would say to keep in mind. Um Kind of keep their eyes and ears open. Is there anything else you want to share about um, STEM or Noah? Yeah, I, you know, we, we, we kind of joke around in a corny way and they get to know us, you know. Um, people know tons about Noah. Um, and, and unfortunately, I feel like NOAA is like a little known agency in the federal government, but we do so much to try to serve the public and also to protect property and life and, and spur innovation and research. And so I would say, you know, take the time to research the agency, apply for positions. If there's anyone out there that has applied or is thinking about applying and they want to talk to someone about it, always feel free to have a very open door policy especially when it comes to um, increasing the diversity within our agency. See, y'all okay. heard We've it. been asking... Wait, hold on. We've been asking all of our guests this Wait, question. not yet. Wait, not yet, Jaheem. Wait. Y'all heard it here first. If you guys are interested in any 
of the topics we spoke about regarding Noah or STEM getting a job and you've done an application and you haven't heard back, you know who to hit up. But don't don't take advantage don't take too much advantage of it. People don't like that. But you know, somebody is sitting at the table and they're letting you trying to get your foot in and you have the opportunity, take the opportunity. Um one more thing, Jaheem, before you get to that. I want to hear about uh, Makeda's virtual community. Sure. Um, so it's interesting. I think one of the awesome things about the time that we're living in right now is that you can uh, choose your own adventure, right? And you can create a space for whatever it is that you want to talk about. And so, um, you know, I, I get really picky about what I put on my personal pages. Um, but yet I, I always wanted to, you know, share a funny meme that I found that may have related to, you know, having kids um, or a picture or idea, something inspirational or a mini rant. And so um, I created um, the platform of Pretty Fab Kids to be able to create a space for other moms who may be feeling like me. Um, but, you know, more than just a space to, you know, repost memes. I also wanted to, it to be a place where we can also have a physical community where we can have events that both parents and kids can appreciate. And so before the pandemic, we had a graffiti paint party, which was so much fun um, because you want the kids to wreck somebody else's walls and not your own. Um, so, you know, we had music, um, we had snacks and drinks and the kids had an awesome time. And you know, that's when I feel like I'm as my, at my best as a parent, you know, when I'm facilitating an awesome experience for my children, but also at the same time having fun for myself, right? Because if I'm not having fun or if I'm not in a good space, I can't be in a good space for them. So, you know, that's that's the virtual community, um, Pretty Fab Kids. And, um, you know, even in the pandemic, we kind of took the route of doing some virtual discussions. That's been awesome as well. And then more recently, the second one that I created was Care Consulting to be more of a, of a space for my professional and side hustle um, endeavors. I, you know, as, as I think you probably get the sense, I really believe strongly in community and, and us helping each other. And I think that's just true of us being from the VI. And I think with that comes accountability, right? Kind of being that person that someone can call to brainstorm an idea or to um, come up with a plan to actually ensure their success. And so I came up with the platform of care consulting um, to really focus on accountability and, and being successful in all of our endeavors. Um, and so those are the two that, that I feel like provide the perfect avenues for me to express myself. Here's the opportunity to plug yourself. So let, it, let the people know how they can contact you. For those two um, communities. Okay, perfect. So um, they're both mostly on Instagram. Where we're working on the website for care consulting right now. So once that is up and running, I will make sure to let everybody know about it. On Instagram, it's at pretty.fab.kids. And also um, on Instagram, it's at care, C-A-I-R, dot consulting. So care.consulting and pretty.fab.kids. So, uh, like I said, always an open door policy. Just, you know, hit me in the DM. I, I love, you know, coming up with ways for us to 
think about conversations on Clubhouse or virtual conversations that we can put on Facebook, um, just to share our ideas and get others in the conversation as well. So y'all hit her up if that's interesting. So now we're going to put you in the hot seat, you know, for a little bit. Daheem, let go. We've been asking all our guests this question. We're going to get this question. What is your favorite island all-time island candy or drink mm, or food? this is a good question because i love to eat anybody who knows me know how much i love my belly um i am a huge tamarind ball fan for sure that is one of my favorites tamarind stew for sure vienna cake a good butter cookie oh my goodness um and no season is perfect without some coquito um, so those are my treats and sweets, but the love of my life is rice. Listen, I am a seasoned connoisseur. I love, oh my God, I will dance in my chair for a good seasoned rice, okay? <laughs> okay, since you are a seasoned rice connoisseur, what? Oh, oh, pigeon peas. No, it has to have pigeon peas. I mean, I'll take it if it doesn't, but I love All right. peas in my rice. Man, I love rice. I never found anybody who loved rice as much as me. Yeah, they come home again. (laughs) After they come, that that is why I'm so fat. But you know what? (laughs) And then this is another. We just asked this question in our last podcast, and this is the bay among the base about among the base. What is your favorite tart? Coconut. Ain't even a question. <laughs> so we have two team coconuts and one team pineapple in here, correct, Jaheem? Pineapple, Jaheem? No, I'm Your pineapple. pineapple. I am pineapple. Yes. Let me... Pineapple. I, I'm coconut. I love pineapple. I'm... As long as they ain't guava, we cool. We, we can oh be friends. Oh my goodness. I am not, I, I mean, for me, this is how it goes. It goes coconut, then pineapple, and then guava. Because I, I don't, I wouldn't say I don't like guava, but guava, I just don't care for guava. Coconut mm. is my top, top, that I think, dumb right there. I may have I had the best coconut top I ever had in life at a baby show where we was at over the weekend. I, I, I really need to figure out who made when I tell you these tarts were amazing. I can. I've seen them before, but I can't remember where I've seen those tarts. We, we have got... to figure out who made them because they were. Yeah. They were Excellent. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one of the great debates is: What is your favorite brow soda flavor? Oh, bro. Gosh, that's a hard one because I feel like there were just so many good ones. Um, I love orange pineapple. Um, Lime Ricky is always a favorite as well. I even like Damson. I just need them to come back. Bro and Island Dairies, just please come back and just... Oh I, my God, Island Dairies! I was about to say you're not allowed on our podcast again because if you didn't say like Ricky, we was gonna end this right now. <laughs> no, like, Ricky is a cult. Okay, like 
that Len Ricky is what held the brown company on for so long. Like they carried that company. Oh my gosh! I I, I, I just Sorrel too. Yes, yes. No, that's true. That's true. That is true. So we have a discussion prior to you jumping on, and Jaheem was telling us about red grout. And red grout is usually consumed during the transfer day festivities. So grout and how do you feel about it? You know, I think I only had red grout once and it I don't remember liking it a whole lot to be completely honest. But I just saw somebody posted the recipe online and I was like, wait, those flavors actually sound like they should taste good. Um, so I, I, I need to figure out who makes the best red grout and, and try it. I don't think I'll be trying that because... <laughs> but because of the guava, eh, Jenny? Eh, eh, eh. Oh, look. Oh. The guava because of the tapioca. Uh, eh, eh. A texture not, for the... Eh, eh. I don't think I would be trying that. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you... <laughs> but you have, you have, you have good... Um, you have good taste, <laughs> I passed you it. know? You have good... So you passed the test because as long as it... it <laughs> you cool you like lime ricky you like you ha- you like tamran ball you anything tamran right just what about tamran cool. okay so for, from a freckle perspective though i love aman aman is my go-to freckle flavor of choice oh, you know punches for me too. it's peanut punch for me Especially from mm. Mr. Brown. What? Brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll touch your soul. Oh, passion fruit mix or one? But, yeah, me, I don't think I would be trying the red grout due to the tapioca and the difference. Mm-mm. A little, it seems like a, a belly hot to me. A little bit. A little bit. Mr. Just, Brown, just Mr. Brown with his peanut punch burger, he always mm. had his special sauce to go on it. Peanut punch was my... What well, I used to love great after school, Mr. Brown being a part. Yeah, used to love it. Listen, that's the one thing that I miss most about home is food. When I come home, all I I eat the entire time, the entire time. I I all throughout the year, whenever I crave something, I have like a note in my phone, and I write down all the treats I want, all the restaurants I want to try, and that's what I spend my entire trip doing is eating and then storing food and bringing it back up with me i didn't leave this island yet this is my last really? year what, what, what do you want to yep oh i want to do fashion fashion is my passion like that's my dream plan that's on awesome. running my own fashion do you business. sew or design I'm I'm learning how to use mm. the machine, but I know how to That's hand. So the machine is just my biggest competitor right now, and that's why I gotta work on learning. I do have a mentor, big up to Shamari. That's awesome. Shamari is helping me. Really, really. So yeah. I'm learning. Do you post your design? I'm learning. 
Well, I'm more like I don't draw. I'm more like a like I I can see it in my head. But I have not made nothing yet. And this year I plan on making some clothes because you know I started to I'm happy with myself. Mm-hmm. So like I don't call it my happy weight. I used to be skinny back in the days. If anybody know me, <laughs> I was skinny like a stick. But I don't call it my happy weight. So like me, I I I I need to learn how to make my own clothes. But I ain't got you know I have to spend money buying me clothes every other month. Because I'm plus like they, sometimes some clothes mm-hmm. don't fit me properly, but they need to fit me. Yeah, no, so I, I totally feel you. I totally feel you. But you could be putting together like um clothing boards or mood boards, you know, for different outfits and posting it on social media so you could start building your following from now. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna end the podcast here because we came up to 41 minutes. That's great. No record. Guys, you heard it here. We have our guest, Makita. She's a part of Noah. Alpha Alpha Kappa Alpha. I don't know the song for it, but I know the sorority because I had a teacher in eighth grade, Miss Henry. Because for her, that was my English teacher. She was a a pearl. She was Alpha Alpha Kappa Alpha. Straight. Uh, Yes, so... Good night. Thanks for having me. See you next week. All right. Have a good night.